The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew 25, 1-13 verses. To you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten great maids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them because became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will be there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came. And those who were already went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. The words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to your sight. O Lord, our refuge, our helper, and our redeemer. Amen. In the Walt Disney movie of the Snow White, you have this character, Rabbit, who looks at his clock and says, I'm late, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. I'm late to say hello. I'm late to say goodbye. I'm late, I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. This morning, Matthew presents to us the parable of ten great mates. And also telling us that the wedding banquet has been prepared for the bridegroom and the bride. The message is simple and flat out. It is straightforward saying, if you're late, it is over. Sometimes we say, I'm this close, just five minutes out of God there, but here, if you're late, it is over. The door will be shut. So let us deal a bit with this parable. Who got here late? And why is the door shut? And what relevance it has for the Matthewan community then? And what significance or what we can glean from this text in our present times? As I speak, I think we can just break down into three parts so that I don't have to brief the whole parable again. 
The first thing we have to notice here is the ten bridesmaids are ready. They all are dressed up with their wedding garments for the wedding banquet. They had the lamps in their hands. The bridegroom is Jesus. The bride is the church. And these ten bridesmaids are the members of the church. You can say the believers. So they are waiting for the bridegroom to come. It is hard to distinguish why Matthew says the five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. You should also understand the way Matthew contrasts the ordinary into something very uh, significant and something when we say as foolish, it is wise. He contrasts that like good to bad, black to white. So when he says about the foolishness, it is their wise. When he talks about the wise, then they are the foolish. So the foolish, five foolish women here can be distinguished from the other five, not because there is a shortage of oil, but the five foolish women felt that there is no need for it, that there is no need for it. So he, Matthew is actually talking about the foolish woman not having enough oil, but the foolish Otherwise, in Matthew's context, he is actually addressing the externalism, the danger of externalism, where the foolish are wise because they depend on the outward religious forms of rituals, traditions, hypocrisy, or even charity. They think they can purchase the charitable works and that is how God can be pleased or even God can be purchased. In philosophical terms, when you talk about this externalism, it is a group of positions in your mind where you depend more on outside rather than inside. That is the issue we face or we see in this five foolish women Actually, they're wise thinking that they're doing what God requires, but they're foolish in a way to think that this is what God requires. That is how Matthew is contrasting this. When we say foolish, it's not like the ordinary folks or somebody who do not understand. It has nothing to do with intelligence or perfection, but rather not getting the point of God what actually he requires you to do. It is the externalism, external form of doing. The peril of externalism is what most of the Christians, most of us are caught in the present times. So it is a kind of warning, a watchfulness, uh, the message Matthew is giving to us this morning. The second part here is the fact that Christian character is not transferable. So when these virgins are waiting for the bridegroom, they fell asleep. 
And suddenly there's a shout in the midnight saying that the bridegroom is coming. He's arriving. He's coming. So these people who are waiting, they fell asleep. And when they heard the shout and woke up, they realized that they did not have enough oil, the five foolish women. They recognized that they did not have oil in their lamps. So immediately they're asking the other five women, I don't want to say wise and foolish because it is contrast how Matthew sees here. So I've explained enough like how the wise or the foolish and the foolish or the wise. So they asked uh, the other five women if they can borrow some oil from them. And they say, if we give you the oil, then both of us will be left without oil. We wouldn't be having enough. So why don't you go out to the dealers and buy some oil? And these other five women go out to purchase the oil. Going out is again another form of helping us to understand that these people are too much caught up in the outside world. They're busy. When the bridegroom is coming, the, the coming of bridegroom is unexpected. It's a surprise and he's going to be incredibly late. The delay is going to be there. In Jewish custom, we know the celebration of marriage is seven days. So any, there is no strict rigid time there, any time the bridegroom can come. But what is required is that we have to wait to receive him. So while waiting, this has happened, they ran out of the oil and they go out to purchase. So it is metaphorically putting to us how we are in this present times, always engulfed or engaged in our own works, and not giving enough time to prepare for the coming of the Lord, to receive him, to receive the bridegroom into our hearts. Do we have that kind of enough preparation, or are we really awake to worship him and to receive him as a sole savior? The Christian character is not transferable. These five women ask them if they can borrow, but other things you can transfer, but how can you transfer how you prepare? We all prepare for an examination, but we know the results vary, the scores. So you cannot prepare somebody if the bridegroom is coming, so you have to prepare, there are certain steps to prepare. Maybe there are basics, but every person differs in their preparation. Spirituality is also such. You cannot spiritually help somebody because already you know it is the second coming. We know the basics of whom we are believing, how it is going to be, and how the parousia of coming is going to be. Yet, if you are not prepared enough, we cannot help them to prepare because the problem here in many Christians is we have compromised the spirituality. We have compromised in our preparations. Everything we do, things according to what we feel, this is okay, this is perfect, this is good. But the spiritual tenets or the biblical principles are entirely different to what preparations we are doing according to the world in contrast to what God expects, to, expects us 
to prepare. So here, in this parable, it's a great insight that Christian character is not transferable. You can only see and learn, but you cannot experience. And the solemn truth here, now is the time to prepare. The greatest challenge to Christianity in the present times is to prepare now right now. It is not yesterday or tomorrow, but prepare, live your life right now is the call from Matthew. Matthew community have seen the crucifixion. They have seen the resurrection and they have been waiting for the second coming of Jesus. And Thessalonians, we see that it's been actually 30 years that they've been waiting for the second coming. So Paul is encouraging the believers, the church members, saying that they have to be encouraged by one another in this wait time. Waiting is not that you get frustrated, you get annoyed, or you get agitated, but there is a joy in waiting. There is joy when you know that something good is going to come. There is hope when you know that this weight is going to give you some fruit and some result. Matthew, when he says wise, because wisdom is always connected, is part of discipleship. Why is he saying wise, wise is? Wisdom is part of discipleship. When I say discipleship, it is believing, it is obedience and following. Discipleship, the immediate next word is to follow. Follow is to be ever ready, to be vigilant, to be awake and to be alert for the second coming of God. So while you wait, it is like the process of growth and wisdom which happens. In this process, you begin to see things clearly. When you begin to see things clearly, you know how you ought to live in this world, how God requires you to live. It is like saying, uh, especially when, when that verse uh, says, like when those five of them had come, the bridegroom already entered into the banquet and the doors are shut. Literally speaking, it is only metaphorical way of saying the doors are shut because gospel never rejects, refuses, or stops somebody to come in. But what is interesting for me there is, Jesus, the bridegroom says, I don't recognize you. I don't recognize you. What is that we are doing in this world that God is not able to recognize us anymore? We, we have known people, when we meet them for the first time or in any of our conversations or you see them very closely, you may think, oh, when I met this person for the first time, I've known him differently. I see him very good and nice. And in course of time, that person has an attitude, or totally changes, and you don't recognize that person anymore. It is not that you hate him or her, or not that what you expect they are not showing up there. It is not about that. It is here saying that you don't recognize because 
you didn't see what they were in the first. So going back to the first point of the danger of externalism is, you just end up with your appearances or hypocrisy or doing things that are not deep inside you. So gradually, you fade out, you change. The originality is not in you. Precisely, God is saying the same thing. I've created you in my image, but if I don't see that reflection in you, I can't recognize you. I can't recognize you. So the lamps we carry should have the oil of hope, the oil of faith, the oil of good works and enduring love. If we don't have, because the figure of truth here is the bridegroom, the Jesus is the truth, Jesus is the wisdom. In Proverbs it says beautifully that the wisdom is waiting at the gates. So you have to meet the wisdom in your mind to see things clearly. So may God help each one of us and enlighten us as we carry this lamps into this world, a kind of light that will help you to see things more clearly. Meet wisdom and act in this world. May God bless these words, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.